learn to say no. If it gets <laughs> on your to-do list, it's a yes. It's a full yes. It's a want to do. It's a yes. In terms of pronunciation, uh, <laughs> sheesh. My last name? Yes. <laughs> sheesh. I got it right. Yay. Uh-huh. You I, Seriously, I think you might be the first one. Where are you from? I'm from Paris, France. Oh, maybe that's because I took French in high school. Ah, très bien. Do you want to do the interview in French? No, parce que mon français n'est pas très bien maintenant. Oh là là, il est bien, il est bien. That's like, like the one sentence, right? Like that you can well, say for years. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited to have on to the program today the wonderful and fabulous Sophie Sheesh. She is a psychologist, entrepreneur, a productivity specialist, and we are going to be talking about all things productivity along with what it takes to really break through on uh, the, the inner game and the personal side of, of life as a woman and a woman entrepreneur. So welcome to the podcast, Sophie. It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. I have to say you literally are the first person who said my name in America really well. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. I, uh, I'm going to flip my hair back on that and um, be very proud of the, the French that I studied long ago and is somehow still in my subconscious that I can pronounce things. Don't ask me to say Chinese food or dog because I pronounce them the same way and it's not good. We won't be talking about that. <laughs> no, no. The funny story that I have on that is that when I was studying in, in France, I asked someone, where is the Chinese restaurant? And instead I asked, where is the restaurant of the dog? And they were very uh, offended. Not happy. That. Yeah, that was not, that we was like an insult. We don't eat dog in France. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's my funny story of mispronunciation. Okay, let's get started. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I work with a lot of women who are entrepreneurs and they're going for more in their business. And there's a huge connection to to your own inner game and your own self-worth and how you see yourself and your self-image and in making the changes in your personal life concurrently to making the changes in your professional life. And I had a big shift in how I was showing up for myself and who I saw myself to be. And that was very much connected to what I thought was possible for me on the income side. And I really had to change that, that internal belief system, that identity, that self-image of, I am actually a beautiful woman and I am, it, it is actually available for me, all the things that I want in life. And as a result of that, I was able to let go of 30 pounds. I was able to start dressing nicer. I was able to start spending money on myself. I was able to then be someone who was actually that woman I saw in my mind's eye who owned the business that I ultimately ended up creating, you know, this multiple seven figure business. So 
that's my backstory to that yeah that off (laughs) yeah that's my story um but I want to get to your story which when we were uh talking about this interview one of the things that caught my eye was that you let go of 200 pounds which is not an insignificant amount of weight to release and I'd love to know how that I have so many questions on it Sophie how did that come about was there a like a a, a moment in time where you made the, the, the mental shift? Were you always someone who was a little overweight or a lot overweight? Or was this something that happened? Like, tell us the whole story so that we can have context on it. <laughs> the whole story. Well, it did start when I was about 10. There was uh, in kilos, it was about 40 kilos, which is about 80 pounds gain, which is a lot on a 10 year old. And there were some tests and there were some, you know, a lot of um, efforts was made to understand and although to understand, maybe not, but to fix, mm-hmm. you know, I was taken to a lot of doctors that were specialized in like fat and I was sent to fat camp and, you know, like the whole, the whole gimmick. And of course, the more you do that, the more weight you gain, if you don't resolve the very deep core reason, as you call the inner game, you know, of the issue. So if you just do the, you know, whatever I did, my, my best one, my worst one was grapefruit. Like I ate grapefruit for like three months in a row, which in some period of life could have been in a, in a previous you know century could have been like directly linked to scurvy or it was, it was just really, I remember the grapefruit diet. That was the eighties, oh, right? Oh it was my God, like... yeah, it would have been the eighties. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I did, I mean, I did all of them really. There was an article I wrote for a magazine in France years ago that was called I've tried it all and literally listed, you know, the celery thing and the needle of injecting some sort of pregnant woman urine. I don't know if you ever did that one. No, yeah. no. Well, oh. voilà, exactly. <laughs> voila. <laughs> you name it, all of it. And so but it sounds past- like you were really desperate, right? Like it, you were trying all these things. It sounds like they weren't working because you kept trying them. So in- inevitably yeah, they, weren't, of- they weren't fixing the issue. Not only they were not fixing it, I really do believe they were contributing to the issue because I would lose 20 and whatever unconscious fear I had would get activated and I would gain, you know, 40, 50 back. So every time I did that particular yo-yo, which everybody is probably familiar with, um, you know, I would gain more. And so the question for me has never been as interesting. How did I lose the weight? But there really is the question of how did I gain the weight, you know, which a lot of it was trying to fix the problem without so much as self-love, self-care, self-understanding. Why did I go to chips when I was angry? Why did I go to Nutella when I was sad? You know, there was just so much in the story of what actually got into my mouth at the time that was such a source of information and judgment, you know, because being fat in France, you know, being fat is not fun at 350. It's not fun anywhere, but in France, Paris, Paris particularly was being like a thousand pounds somewhere else, probably, you know, and just the chairs are not meant for that. The people, the clothes, I couldn't buy clothes, especially, you know, I grew up, so I I was born in 67. So in the eighties, nineties, you know, there were no the only stores that would be for bigger people were like my grandmother's, you know, moo moo, big giant tent, you know, that's all I could find when my, you know, girlfriends were all wearing cute jeans and, you know, paisley shirts. So none of that. That's, so that's so it was, it was culturally challenging. It was, it, it was emotionally challenging. It, and, and 
at what point did you figure out what was the, you know, it sounds like it was emotional eating. You, you said, you know, why did I go to chips when I was angry? And why did I go to Nutella when I was sad? What, at what point did you recognize that it was the emotional component that was driving you know, it was it was a journey there was you know because in the trying to fix the thing I would run into someone that had a little bit more of a slant of psychology and they would ask me to journal and so I would discover that's where I discovered the link a lot of people don't even know that link and it is a real link like when you're angry you know that really helps so anything that's like crunchy and and then when you feel more sad and lonely you know Nutella gooey soft and you know sweet and down your throat feels really good and so if you don't know how to feel your feelings, which certainly in a Parisian elegant household was banned, you know, like there's literally, I have memories and I saw it on my child. I saw it when I would bring my daughter to my family and she would express any kind of sadness. It would be like, hey, do you want an ice cream? Hey, do you want chocolate? Hey, and I'd be like, no, she just wants to be sad. Like, like that's a no right, you know, feeling. And so connecting the dots was a, a powerful piece, but I would say there were two moments of like, whoa, I that will never be the same. And the first one was sadly, I lost one of my dear, dear friend, Georgina died when we were 19 and she died of, you know, lots of smoking, lots of going out at night and, you know, drinking and doing a lot of behaviors that were the ones I was having, frankly, um, mm. and very self-destructive. And she ended up with an aneurysm and, dropped dead at 19 years old which was like okay let's let's wake up let's that's the path you know that's the path I'm on and I remember looking at the mirror once and, and seeing oh wow if you don't change if you don't shift gears here that's where you're going that is where you're going the the ending of that kind of you know life choice is death there's no question and so that kind of it, it's a it's an early wake up you know 19 typically is not when that occurs. And I did start shifting, not immediately, but I started making better choices. That was one of them. The second one, I was, um, I gained a lot, like that was 340, although it was still a digital scale. And so it banged on 340. So God knows it could have been more, but at least that the number that's official would have been 340. And um, I had had my child, which my pregnancy didn't help. You know, I gained another I don't know, on top of that, which is what got me to 340, another 60 by then, I think. And then I woke up in the middle of the night as I would, I was a night eater. Like I would do a lot of, in front of the public, I would eat somewhat properly, but then I would go at night and ravage whatever was at the house or whatever was hiding at the house that I would have, you know, snuck in during the day. Um, Nutella was definitely, not to promote anything here, but definitely I had a lot of Nutella. And so I'm on my way to the fridge. It's 2 a.m. I just woke up. I'm barely awake. And I feel this existential thing that we feel, right? I'm scared. I'm lonely. I'm desperate. I'm, you know, I just left my marriage. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And I mean, I know where I'm going. I'm going to the refrigerator. <laughs> That's a pretty safe route. And there it is. I, and I sit there. I would pull up a chair. There was a bar stool that was fitting really nicely. I would always pull that up to the fridge and I would sit there and just, you know, lovely light of the refrigerator in my face and shivering from the cold of the refrigerator. And I would just down everything that was there. You know, my worst being Nutella with mayonnaise. <laughs> That's usually oh. 
that comment nutella on its own but with mayonnaise interesting okay it was always like more fat more sweet more disgusting because that was the point it was the point was let's drown yes let's let's make it so i can't feel the other stuff and Mm -hmm. and this is what happened i'm sitting in that fridge and i heard and i still don't know to this day there really is a curiosity for me like where do we hear ourselves from you know what said eat the chocolate cake and what said Feel your feelings, literally. Mm-hmm. A map, you can eat whatever's in the fridge is what it said, but then first you're going to eat there, but you're going to sit there and feel your feelings. And I did. And it was difficult, you know, sad and desperate and lonely. Like the very thing that I was trying to avoid, I gave myself the right to feel it. And then then I woke you know, I got up from the thing and I said, okay, well, now you can go. You, you go, go eat whatever you want. And I, I remember this moment of like, oh, no, I don't. No. And I went back to bed and I wasn't hungry and I was in death. I mean, I didn't feel that thing that was that pulled me. So that was kind of the two, you know, it's 10 years apart, you know. So there was there was an awakening of like, let's not destroy ourselves. <laughs> and then there was a moment of like, let's feel our feelings and let's be a good, kind, you know, parent to myself in that Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. So so tell me what happened next at that that moment was a, a wake-up call moment at the refrigerator and you felt the feelings and you had this revelation that in, in, in terms of the experience of like, oh, I resolved something in, in truly feeling that. Was, that. was it then like a light switch had flipped and it was easy for you to then always go to feelings or did you have to remind yourself of that? In, in, like what role does did willpower for instance play in in your evolution around this i would say almost zero frankly i believe willpower gets us in a very bad pendulum where you just control and you're like you know you like you 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 tighten the screw on yourself and then mm-hmm. one day you just like sit there and eat three jars of nutella i mean i did that many times i think controlling yeah. oneself from a place that's again not loving mm-hmm. not understanding you know not caring I, I don't believe in that whatsoever it's called white knuckling actually in 12 step programs they have mm. this expression where you stop the behavior but you don't stop the and so you kind of like holding on to life you know for dear life and I definitely did that for years and what we resist what we resist persists right like push against something then it pushes back and and so we just keep building and building the intensity of the situation without resolving the situation and there was still wasn't you know listen to this this little girl that I was that I just grew in this giant body but was still a little girl that didn't feel heard or understood or listened to or seen and uh, who cares who did it i mean i'm not saying i wasn't seen from by some people or heard by some people but i wasn't by me and so by not listening to my own feelings really i mean i have no other word sensations you know about life so was it easy no no it's not easy to lose 200 pounds was it it was simple because i understood there was a a big piece of first of all it's a journey there is no okay overnight this thing's done you know physically first of all it takes a minute Mm -hmm. like 10 years for me um but they were they were plateaus you know there were moments where i would not lose it, it did shift though it did shift the machine completely i never went back 
I did go back twice to Nutella, which I hadn't touched, you know, I haven't touched other than those two times, which one, my cat died and I was so freaking sad. And I was just like, okay, this is where it helps. Like you're gonna, you're so sad. You're gonna do the thing and be numb, which I was and nauseous my head off. Mm -hmm. And then when my dad died, similarly, you know, there was just this unresolved, sad, blah, you know, and sugar helps. So I did. Um, those two times but other than that I don't do sugar I, I consider it like people always joke on my birthday you know hey it's your birthday do you want some cake and I'm like I don't do cocaine or heroin on my birthday like yeah. cake is that for me so so that's no. so that's interesting so so it's not just so what I'm hearing there correct me if I'm wrong but but it's both there there is a emotional component I'm not feeling my feelings so I'm pushing against them and I'm trying to to submerge them and suppress them with the, the tasty mouth pleasure. Okay. But then there's also the biological addiction to sugar. Like you're, you're also saying like that hooks you into a pattern that isn't uh, functional for you. No. And I don't know that it's functional. It's, I think it's pretty dysfunctional for a lot of people. I don't know that they no. realize it, nor do they know that it could be easy. Now I can sit in front of my absolute favorite dessert and it has zero, like zero. I don't want to feel how I feel if I do eat the sugar, which is nauseous and numb and I don't sleep and my skin gets all rashed. And it's just, I mean, I'm probably somewhat allergic to it, especially now that I don't touch it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's an emotional component. There's a mental component, like what I believe about myself or what I believed at the time, what I believed about thin people, my oh my, like mm -hmm. I had the whole story about this girl would walk in and they looked a certain way and there I went, like she can't be smart, she can't be kind, she can't be funny, it's just like what? So that's so, so but as long as I believe those things, right? I was writing on, I don't want to be that, right? Right, absolutely, 100%. So for me, it was not about other people. Well, some mm -hmm. there was judgment about other people. I, okay. I take that back. But for me, it was, I can't be smart and sexy. Okay? Exactly. I can't be someone who makes good decisions and like to buy clothes, right? Like, yes. because that's a frivolous activity. Okay. Yes. And, and that was such a, and yet I wanted that integration. I wanted to be smart and sexy, smart and beautiful, smart yes. and someone who you liked having <laughs> style. And it turns out I am, I just didn't yes. know that. And, yes. and it, for me, it was different than your story, but for me, it was that my parents had money stories that mm. when they looked at someone who drove nice cars or, or dressed really well, because they couldn't afford that, and this was not conscious whatsoever, and it wasn't yes. done with malice by any means. It, to me, uh, my, my interpretation of it is it was completely unconscious, but they would dismiss in some offhand yeah. way some little comment yeah that made having money not be something that we do and of course yeah. i wanted to belong to our family we were an yes. academic family we were an intellectual family we don't spend money on that we don't do those things that would be frivolous but it's all because we couldn't afford that yeah and and instead of shifting and this is you know what I really had to do to break through on the financial side was I had to shift 
that it was okay to be someone who made money and not to believe that I had to, to, to give one aspect of my, myself up. So it's fascinating. Yeah. Money and body image. And, you know, a lot of that is, is tied to one's consciousness. Definitely. So your parents, you know, your environment, maybe not just your parents, but your environment might have believe that because that's what they witnessed like that's you know we just carry I remember when my daughter was I was pregnant with her still she hadn't even been born but I I kind of made a commitment that I would do my best to at least clean up my side of the road you know Mm -hmm. like you can't I'm sure I brought some stuff to the raising of her but there was definitely a strong effort to like question like I would say something and I'd be like is that true like is it what I just said is that true like do you have to be in bed at a certain time to be you know whatever do you have to be in school at a certain time when really we know a lot more about education now and learning when a child is exhausted is probably the not least interesting way. not no and and the time that you go to school is related to industrial factories where you had to go drop your kid you know before seven or before you know it absolutely is not tied to any kind so questioning that and to make a tie to the business you know when I I ended up funny enough I ended up with a spa that had 12 locations you know that grew to like 10 million dollars you know type of success and it was about sweating which is really funny because in my household talk about belief we were an intellectual family you know the money was there but we definitely had the we don't sweat like sweating is for the people whatever you know like if I ever brought someone at home you know there was a jock or someone who was like involved in sports in some way it was kind of like 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 can no we don't hang with these people we're we're smart we we think we don't sweat mind you if you don't sweat you die (laughs) so it's not it's not a good thing (laughs) that's so fascinating so um, I, I had a little bit of that story too, which affected my, my health, which was the story growing up was like, we read the New York times. We don't go on the bike ride. Right. Oh, yes. Right. Like oh, yes. this, this is, this is the civilized thing to do on a Sunday morning. Yes. And you know, well, that meant that I wasn't exercising. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and it wasn't that my parents didn't, you know, me in swim class or anything like that but it just wasn't the zeitgeist of the family it wasn't support it wasn't like well that's the good thing like i was sitting at the at school when we would do reset everybody's running around but i'm sitting there you know with my glasses like seriously studying you know because that's what good kids do what no (laughs) we say no to those things now yeah absolutely so so fascinating so tell me a little bit about the journey of building 12 spas and uh, what was the inspiration for that? And that's not something that you're doing anymore. Am I correct with that? Yeah. And yeah, so like, correct. what would, like, what was the inspiration for that? And, and wh- why did it, how did it evolve beyond that to where you are now? I mean, as a lot of things in my life, then it came out of my trying to resolve my weight issue, because when you're 340 pounds and you attempt to do anything with your body, you break it. You know, you try to go for a little run or forget a run, a little walk around the block. And by the time you get home, you know, your ankles really hurt and you're it's just really difficult to to carry. Imagine. I mean, I'm imagining now myself walking around with a bag of 200 you know, pounds of something. You know, it was a lot. And so. Sweating was smart, you know, it was that's what started the process. I discovered this technology, which was infrared. And at the time, you can only do it in a box that was extremely uncomfortable sitting, you know, on wood, half naked with a towel, of course, that would not even go around my 
one thigh. So, you know, the, that, the fact that it's also not very thought out for, for big people, you know, all those things. And so when I did open the spa, one of my favorite thing was that I got clothes that could go, I think 4X was the bigger size, you know, like you could, you, any size was welcome. And we had tables that we could, to, you know, totally support people that were a heavier weight because that's the point, right? Like we, that's why people would come was to lose weight and clear their skin and detox, you know, from any kind of toxin. So there was a lot of it. And I had, so to answer your question, I was in a relationship at the time that broke up and I was left a little bit with, I mean, I had a net, you know, my family would have been there if I needed it, but I didn't want to do that. But I had $11 on my account. Like I had mixed my finances with this guy and as we do sometimes <laughs> as chicks and uh, it wasn't it wasn't very smart and I didn't do it well and I didn't protect myself and I was left pretty much with nothing I knew friends and they invested and I you know I knew I had a computer and I had a place to stay you know I wasn't I'm not going to paint the story that I was left on the street in some corner but it was really there was no there was, there was literally, we bought tuna <laughs> with my daughter. We love tuna and we ate a lot of it because that was not that expensive. And so they were rough years. There were like a couple of, of years there that were really rough. And then, you know, a good idea because I discovered this thing and I was like, why is it so uncomfortable? Let's make it more comfortable. So I worked with a friend that was a doctor and we worked with someone that was, you know, a factor, manufacturing type of engineering um, skill and we built this bed, which turned out to be now, you know, available everywhere. But I, I definitely came out of uh, our conversations with that group, and it was about ten years ago. And I built a thing for me, and I said, "Why don't I watch TV while I do that? Because that's cool. I'm, I'm bored. I have to do that three, four times a, day, a week. You know, I need something." So there I was, massage table, infrared, you know, blanket, TV, and my friend would hear about it or come visit and be like, I want to do that. All right, let's make another bed. And there we were. And now let's make another one. So two friends can come in. The next thing we know, we had, you know, 10 beds in the first, nine beds in the first door. And then the Kardashians came um, and they were lovely and helpful and kind and wanting to help and put us on one of their episodes which I'll let you guess. I mean, we aired on October 8th. I will never forget. We had only the one store. So I rushed to do a second store because I knew I had a sense, you know, mm -hmm. so I built a second one in Santa Monica and um, we opened the store on the ninth in the morning, accidentally when they aired the episode on the eighth, which we didn't know when it was going to be. Talk about a little spiritual. Right. Divine guidance there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It was, I kept asking them and they were like, we don't tell. I, we know it's in the fall somewhere. Great. So I pushed really hard all summer and so anyway, we opened the store and I walk in to like open the store and there's 50 people outside oh the God. store. Like, why are you here? Like, we saw the episode last night. We want to know what this is and we want to try and we want to do, you know, what they do. And of course, that, that got us on the map, like in a crazy way. And then we grew, you know, one and two and then, of course, a third. And then people wanted, a, you know, one on the west side and one, you know, it was just it's a, when it when it clicks. Because once we were on the card, I mean, I really, I do credit the growth and the speed of the growth to them, because once you do that, other people hear about it. So now they want to do an article about you and they want to do suppress, so just like grabbed onto us. And a lot of celebrities started coming and, you know, it, it helps. It helps a lot to have that kind of support and 
And um, yeah, we grew. And then there was an investor in the middle there that said, hey, how about New York? And I said, yeah, how about that? And so we went and opened, you know, one temporary one for the summer in the Hamptons and the rest was in New York and, you know, the rest is history. So fantastic. And so did you end up selling that, the, the business or did it fade out? Like what is, what was your exit strategy? COVID obviously with, you know, laying down in beds in a brick and mortar difficult, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I left to write a book. I was really, um, committed to writing a book, uh, closer to my bones, which is, uh, in the hands of an agent now and ready to go out in the world. Um, it was the story of the of the loss. I think to, you know, I want to be transparent. It, sometimes relationships with investors are difficult because we focus on different things, obviously. You know, like my obsession was not to make another buck. You know, the, my, my intention was really to serve and to, you know, provide an experience that was unbelievably delicious. And yes, tea that's handpicked from Japan made sense to me, you know, but not necessarily to the bottom line. And so we had, we had uh, some clash of, of, of preferences and I had done 12 and I was very much like, you know what, carry the baby next. Like I, I brought it here. Not that I was bored, but it's, you know, it's 12 yeah. stores is a lot of, you know, the next thing is 15 store, 50 store, hundred store. There's more plumbing problems, you know, and more <laughs> staff that don't show up. And I just didn't, and I was ready to do something else, frankly. And it, we, we parted, you know, quite amicably. It was more like we, we don't want, I still have my shares, you know, like I still own, um, a good part of the company and I trust them to, to take it to the next uh, level and we'll see where that goes but yeah we, we we split and I and I don't it is interesting to have built it's like it is like a child people when we finished you know when we split separated I would I was sad but I was also you know that's that fits really well to my life like I don't I don't stick to things you know more than joy yeah. So I, I moved on, but there was like, people were like, oh my God, it's like your child. How do you feel? And I was like, it's not my child. I have a child, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a business, but I think there's something very interesting in, in what you said that I'd like to go back to, because I um, think there's a difference for people who are, I'm going to call them solo entrepreneurs, but the entrepreneur, the one who came up with the idea, they're passionate about it. It their, it, 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 I'm going to use the term, yeah, it's yeah. their baby, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're evolving it. They're developing yeah. it. They're, they're really taking it from non-form into form and, yes. and, and putting a lot of that sweat equity into it, that energy into it. No, no pun intended there. But, yes, pun intended. <laughs> um, uh, it's a good pun, but it wasn't intended. Yes, there you yes. go. Um, and, and uh, do you think that there is a different requirement for building a business from the ground up versus taking it from a particular level to that sort of massive level. And what do you think the difference is? Because we've seen it both ways, Sophie. We've seen, actually, I can only take it to this level and then I need someone else who's going to really scale it. That's not my, my expertise. And then we also see the example of the person who it is their business and they scale it and it becomes this, this household name, multi-million dollar thing. Um, Starbucks, for instance, right. Becomes that like, what, what's the, what do you think based on your experience, the difference in personality type character perspective mindset is between those two types of people? 
Well, first of all, I'm pretty sure Starbucks was not grown to its big size on the back of, right, of the one, the one starting. Uh, well, I think there's was, a team that comes together, though. Absolutely. But he's still Howard, uh, I think his last name, Schultz, Schultz right? Mm -hmm. um, he's still running the company. He's still actively involved. And he hasn't, there's the person who says, I'm running the company. I'm going to bring a team on. I'm going to hire the COO. I'm going to hire the CMO, right? I'm, I'm going to- Versus I bring it up and then I'm done, done? Yeah. Or I need an investor or someone else buys the company who can really scale it. Yeah. You know, I think the first, the one who starts it often has a visionary type of, you know, they often were tracked in their childhood as being the kid that, you know, invented the way to do the bridge with the sand that was different than the other kids or whatever. I think there are visionaries that start. I think the, the next skill is to surround yourself with the right people. I think those that really do control and want to be the ones who do the whole thing and cannot switch to, well, if I can do it, why would I spend money on somebody else type of mentality? Um, I don't think that one can grow um, very gracefully. Is it a trait of character or is it more, maybe it is a trait of character. Right? So I'm wondering whether there's something different. Let's use Howard Schultz as a, the example, since we brought that up. You said something very interesting. Like, I actually don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like that, like I grew it to a certain stage, mm -hmm. but you're interested in your next mm -hmm. adventure, your next enterprise, your next, mm -hmm. uh, versus mm -hmm. the person who um, it, it is not- yeah, who, who goes deep, who goes long, long game versus who, who can keep the interest in the same product. And it's the business that becomes interesting to them versus the product or the service. The actual product. You know, I would say both. Like I, I could have, I mean, first of all, 12 stores is deep and in, you know, in depth. And I, I don't, I wouldn't qualify that as a, I skated it and I moved on necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, if it had continued to be fun, I would have stayed. You know, I do, I, I, I find that my privilege having done all these companies and having partnered with all these people and having done multiple lives in one life, I would mm -hmm. definitely describe that about me. Uh, the privilege is that you get to say, I don't, I'm not having fun. I wake up in the, I mean, I'm not saying it's like rah, rah, all day long, we know we go and we dance all day. It's a hard work to run a company, but there is, there is a quality, and maybe that is one of the intuition thing where I sensed that the boat was going to turn in a direction that I wasn't going to be enjoying, you know, and, and I think enjoying life is a pretty big deal. That's what made me start the new company, because Be Current is all about, you know, tying your purpose to your productivity, because mm -hmm. if you're just moving widgets and you're, even if you're, if you're turning money, like a lot of money, there's only, if you still have to spend eight hours a day or 10 or 12 doing something that you absolutely don't like, or you don't like the people you're doing it with, what was the point? Like, I don't, to me, enjoying life is the quest. Um, if I can do it with this business versus this other one, that's, you know, that, that adds to the, to the cake, but um, and I, I, don't, think I don't know. I, I think that's the $65 million question, right? Like it's, I might have from 65,000 to 65 million, but like, like, is it that you need to change your attitude? Like the, cause running a business, there's a lot of, there are a lot of challenges. It's not just, you know, unicorns and rainbows all day long. Right. And so your, your perspective, your attitude, how the, the frame, the mindset that you come to the experience with can, can change your experience of, of, what you're you're facing that day the challenge that you're facing and then there is the it's 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 a discernment piece like it's not my attitude it's that this 
is not mm-hmm. what I need to be putting my energy, pouring myself into putting my energy into. And yeah. I think that that discernment piece is, is challenging for people because I know I had to do a lot of, um, I'm going to say it in a little bit of a harsh way, but like, get over yourself lady. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. come on. It's not, it, it's not easy. It there, there is effort that you have to put in here, like buckle down, do it not from a, but don't do it from a, a whipping yourself perspective, but do it because you really want it. And you have to break through this, this block that you're having. Like, I remember like the first time I did a Facebook live or the first time that like I launched something, you know, it's hard. There's like chaos, there's things falling apart. And if you just say, I don't like it, right. This is this, it's supposed to be easy you never break through that, that challenge that's in front of you. But if you say, okay, I know that this is my place where I'm growing, where I'm, I'm, I need to move through this and you can change your perspective on it. It can be, you can look at it like a game or you can look at it like it's fun. And, and you, you have, you, you change your perspective and it can change your motivation and, and momentum. But then there are days where you're just like, like, when is this? not the business I want to be running anymore. You know, it's funny because as you were talking, I was imagining the parallel to relationships, you know, like Mm -hmm. when is it, it's hard work to be in a relationship and to be close and intimate and tell the truth and express our needs and blah, blah, blah. And when is it like this jerk just treated me like shit and I have to walk out like now, like, I I mean, I think we can learn from any situation. And so staying in any, like learning to love unconditionally. God, I did so many of those can I learn this guy, even if he's treating me horribly? And at some point it was like, no, I love me more. Like I, this is it. Like I'm no longer needing to prove that I can work pretty much anything. So I assume the best of myself as in, I'm not a slacker. I work really hard. Mm. I don't, you know, I, I, that's my premise. Like I'm not someone who's going to avoid, I've, I have a track record, you know, I've stayed with what was hard and I did open two stores in New York and in a snow blizzard and (laughs) you know, at 6am, you know, to avoid paying whatever. And I went to get the paint myself, I don't, you know, yeah. I did all of that. And so I have proof. I have proof that when given the, the, the opportunity or the, 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 the life presents me with something that's like, Oh, you know, I take it and I do it. And so I don't, I don't need that. I don't, I don't feel the need to, you know, push further what I have done. And that is hard work. I would say that's higher than going to the moon for me. I went to the moon of me. Like I really, I know myself. I know the difference. I know when being a little bit lax with my food works for me. And I know when re, you know, installing some sort of structure with my food works for me. I know when I'm not sleeping enough. I know when I'm treating people not as kindly. And it's a trigger of like, what's how, like I've, I've really studied the beast, you know? And so I don't know that one can do that without knowing who they are. Like, I, I don't, that's how you build your character, right? That's how you get to know. hundred percent. Would I share my bread with you if we were in a war, which mm-hmm. God bless us, I think it won't happen to us probably, although we don't know. But like, if I had my little piece of bread and you were starving next to me, would I give you my bread? You know, mm-hmm. and I, we'll never get to be in such we are not right now in situations that are so dramatic that I get to see, you know, what is this? Like, what is my character and what kind of person am I when comes, you know, the time to show up for life? And so for me, the business, the, 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 the way of eating, the weight loss, you know, the, 
maintaining an intimate relationship where both parties are fully alive you know those are hard this is hard it's hard and so it is like will I share my bread with you you know if we were both hungry somewhere and I think that the the people want a um a roadmap a litmus test an if then statement that says if this then that yeah and and I often get the question how do I know if this is spirit speaking to me or fear speaking to me, like I shouldn't do this because like I'm getting all the signs go in this direction or is that just or, fear? Like, and, and I really need to move through it. Right. Instead that is of such a good question. Amira, seriously. Yeah. This is, this is one of my favorite topic because it is developing your intuition. Like Correct. when I was eating a lot of Nutella, Nutella was an answer for everything. What should I do now? You should eat Nutella. But and and yet you had to, right. You had to stop what you were doing, experience something else. Yes. Give yourself a chance to have the experience of doing it differently, experience yes. the result of doing it differently. And then from that after triangulate yeah. what the feelings were you know, be, when you were making both of those decisions and then you know yourself, exactly. you don't, you don't know yourself until you put it to the test. Exactly. You can't, you can't know this is the type of human I am until you challenge how you're behaving, experience the result, look back, recognize, oh, that was my intuition. That was a yes. That was a no. That was a red light. That was a green exactly. light. Like, right. Wouldn't you say that's that's adulting? Yeah, that's maturing. That's growing up. That's not my twenty-year-olds don't for a long time didn't didn't know what they were doing, you know, and they were certain that they were going to do this, and then it didn't happen, and then oh, that's not how that goes. Okay, well, let me try this other road. And I think parenting is teaching them the, the courage and the confidence to do that and to let them trip and to let them because otherwise they're not going to learn. I mean, I was blessed in some sick way that I got a lot, a lot of difficult situations were presented to me growing up. And therefore I got to see, you know, who I was yeah. maybe a little faster than others, but I would say nobody can really avoid that step. If they want a, a genuine, true, authentic life, you, you gotta, you gotta trip and you gotta fall and you gotta say, Oh, that worked better than this other thing. And I would agree with that, but I don't think people do that. To be honest, no, I know it's a diff it's difficult. It, it, you know? So, so I, I will say that a, a lot of people make it into adulthood, make it to mid adulthood. You know, their fifties, sixties. People make it to their deathbed, you know, and True. not risking making a mistake, only True. doing the what they think is safe, but isn't getting them the results that they truly desire, yeah. because they're unwilling to actually experiment and see what happens if you do it differently. So I, I think uh, in, in the best possible world, yeah, we learned that in our twenties, but to be honest, I learned something, you know, I was an adventurous independent. Um, if you were looking at me from the outside, looking in, in my twenties and thirties, you would have seen a, a fairly confident woman. You wouldn't have seen someone who was dressed like this or looked like this, but you know, you would have seen a confident woman in her own right. Yeah. But on the inside, I wasn't, I was terrified of making a mistake in certain areas of my life. And I was letting that limit. I didn't know, I didn't know right from wrong. I didn't know what the, what the right answer was because I had never put 
doing it my way, for instance, to the test. Okay. And, and but that's isn't a, it true still today? Isn't there things you, I mean, I still have experiences where I stretch myself in a place where I don't know what I'm doing and I've developed enough grit that I can be like, oh my God, I'm completely incompetent at this. And that is so painful. And let me do a little more. Let me, let me, let me grab, you know, life in a way. Now, that in a month you have confidence now. Okay. People ask all the time, how do you build confidence? But and do I though? It's like, no, I mean, yes, in some way, like you were saying, in some percentage of my life, extreme you don't think confidence. That, you don't but think that's so confidence to say, I, I'm terrible at this and I know that I need to persevere? Not when I'm, so I'm starting to play pickleball. I don't know if you've heard about pickleball, but it's become mm. my absolute obsession. And I, I am so bad at it. Oh my God, everybody's evolving around me and I really suck at it. But you're not no, running it, in the other direction. You're still playing it and enjoying it. Someone, there's another human out there who would be like, and, and let, me, let me give you the example. But I didn't do it 20. My point was, I didn't do it 20 years ago. I'm doing it now. And the next thing will be jump out of a thing and that I won't do. It's, 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 it's learning to tame this fear and, and negotiate it because there's some things we shouldn't be doing where, where fear is the appropriate answer. If you and I were standing on a roof right now and you said, I think I can fly, I would say, please be afraid and don't <laughs> do that because that's a, a silly thing to do. But yes, do I have the confidence? I have the confidence to, to be incompetent, which yes, to me is- exactly. Is Yes. This, is, yes, this is what I'm saying. When I was younger, I would do something that challenged my physical mm -hmm. um, capacity and I would stop. I would turn around and I would say, I'm not doing that. I like, and I was terrified of it. I have a very specific okay. example of like in college, climbing at a fair, like one of those rock climbing walls and getting yep. halfway up and being like, no freaking way, get me out of here and like shaking and never doing that again. Like okay. not like not doing that again. Okay. And, and the, the analogy that happened, like the now me versus my 20 year old me yes. goes, okay, I don't, I'm not a runner. I'm going to learn how to run. I'm going to run 30 seconds. That sucked. I'm going to run 60 One seconds minute. now and, <laughs> and, and build it up and build it up and build it up, which is exactly what I did. And was it painful? Yes. Was I good at it? No, but I knew I trusted myself and I had confidence in myself to stay committed to, to that activity and get better at it. Am I ever going to be a, a, you know, a world-class runner? No, that's not my gig. Okay. But I can get better and better. And I, I think what I'm, well, I know what I'm saying is that when you start this process of testing looking back, recognizing what it actually means, what those feelings mean, you build self-trust with yourself and you build that confidence with your, with, within yourself. So to, you know, this is me just being new at something and I need to persevere. And, and this is, um, you know, the edge of the building and I need to not go off of it. It's you know. funny that you use the marathon thing because my my fiance is a marathon runner. And when we started dating, you know, there was like, oh, no, it's easy. You're going to just ride a block with me and then two blocks and then 10 and then we'll run, you know, the marathon in New York. And, you know, part of me was like, 
the hell no, <laughs> that's not happening. But I did, I started running and I did, I did get better. And that's why my exam, your example is interesting. It's a very fine, this is such an interesting conversation because it is really truly a difficult line. I started running and I started getting really good at it because happens that I have really long legs and that helps and I'm doing my thing. And I start building my upper chest and I'm like, you know, da, 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 and I look at the mirror and I'm like, oh my God. And that scared the Jesus out of me. And I stopped running. So, and I haven't gone back. So yes, I'm playing pickleball, but I'm still, there's still this little town in me that's like, wow, looking really athletic, really sexy. That's still a village that's hard for me to visit. Mm -hmm. I guess I want to demystify the, the exercise for me is just increase your capability, but I, I still don't feel like I've mastered it and the confidence is all there. And I wake up every morning and I do, 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 do. Maybe we're using the word a little differently because I, I do have resilience. I do know that even when I don't feel at my best or I've put now in place, you know, my friends I call, the list I go to, the, you know, the, I've learned to work with myself, but I still, I, I want a life where I still challenge that all the time. And I, and I keep pushing against this thing that's like, oh, I'm probably not able to do that. Oh, wait, am I not able? Or it's like, that's a, that's a super rich, lovely battle it's not a real battle but it's like an internal oh wow I really don't want to go play pickleball because I don't want to feel incompetent right now okay yeah we're gonna go even if we don't play that long you know that whole <laughs> the conversation myself yeah. you know yeah. which in the past would have been like and therefore go buy Nutella and sit in your couch and eat Nutella no longer wins absolutely right? yeah so I think it is kind of expanding our trust I don't think it, it, it just occurs. I think I, every time I do something that I'm afraid of doing and I do it, I, I build a notch in my belt. Correct. I don't think it happens overnight. And I think the conversation that you have inside your head and, yeah. and having it play out in different ways builds that, that if, if you are self-aware and if you're looking at it, yes. will build the growth that you're looking for, the, the woman that you want to step into and, and, and be. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So let's shift gears a little bit for the last few minutes of the podcast and talk mm -hmm. about the productivity work that you are doing and, and tell us a little bit about that and tell us a bit, you, you talk about efficiency and effectiveness. And I'd like to know like your, how you see the difference between those two things and how they integrate also. Cause I think those are, um, fascinating concepts. That's really concepts. interesting. What, would you mind sharing what you see different? Like, what is your, your understanding of each? So I think effective is how well you do something mm -hmm. and efficient is how quickly you can do something. So you can do something very quickly and not have it be an effective use of your time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can do something that's very effective, but it's not efficient, right? It takes you three months to do something or, or six years to do something. Which is interesting because in yeah. France, I mean, you'll, you'll, when you practice more of your French, it's, there's only one word. Mm. Um, and the way, the, the place that I, so to answer your question, Be Current is uh, a productivity methodology. I think it's a, it's a new way of thinking. A lot of people approach time as in, you know, time management even is a funny concept, like as if you can manage time. There's no you such can't. concept. You right? only can manage yourself, right? You can manage That's, you, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like when people like, do you manage the weather? No, you, you wear boots and an umbrella when it rains, you know, that's all you can do. And so similarly to me, people that are trying to cram more, you know, in time is, is, is kind of, um, so the word in French is the same. So interestingly, 
um, to me, it's more about how tied is my productivity to my purpose? Because otherwise, as you were just saying, I'm just doing, and then I'm checking off all these things, but I'm still not having, you know, I don't end my day with a sense of satisfaction, peace of mind, you know, my, my sense that, I, that I, I did a great day. Like a lot of people don't finish their day feeling like they had a great day. Most people I work with um, before I work with them often will end up their days with, you know, I should have done more. I you know why, why am I not feeling more, you know, gratified from what I did. So my work accompanies um, people that have a lot of ideas usually, and they haven't necessarily fully translated them into um, a change of life. Some of them are very successful on the outside. You know, they've made a lot of money, they've run big companies, they've done all this, but they still are not able to translate that into, you know, tying it to their purpose and therefore feel like it's enriched them deeply. And so that's where I play. I, I love playing in people that are doing things, but from a place of will and willpower, we were talking about earlier, and often at the price of their own health or their relationships, you know, they come home and they can't turn it off. Yeah. Their, their business head is on, and then their wife or their kid or their husband, whatever, you know, they can't be present with that because there's just too much noise. And so I play in that noise. I love, yeah. I love helping people download that noise, like see what that is, because sometimes it is emotional, mental, it's lacking structure or it's lacking creativity or it's lacking, you know, you never know. That's why I work very closely with people one-on-one -on -one because different people have different stories and different reasons, you know, why they're stuck. Yeah. So this is it. really the, 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 the header is productivity, but the, the underneath, this is really about living a satisfied happy yeah. lit up I call it living a lit up life like like yes. where you're just like I freaking love my life and you're yes. not yeah yeah so um what would you do you want to give like one little teaser tip to our listeners I I'll give one and you give one about like yes. how to how to end the day feeling you know satisfied with, with yeah. what you've accomplished go you go I go you go okay one of my favorite one is making sure that's what's trotting in my head is not trotting in my head. So I have a system that allows you to download whatever's in your head and find it a proper place. The way you, when you come back from the market and you have the meat goes in the refrigerator and the toilet paper in the bathroom, not right. And we don't do that with our heads. We don't do that with the input, particularly with how much input we're getting. And 10 years ago, I used to say, it's a phase, it's gonna pass. It ain't passing. It's coming at us like full, full speed up train. And we, you know, if we don't have a way to, to triage and to put stuff away, to learn to say no, here's my big one. All right. I got to it. Learn to say no. If it gets <laughs> on your to-do list, it's a yes. It's a full yes. It's a want to do. It's a yes. Just learn to say no. And don't let stuff cr like cr crawl up on your to-do list. <laughs> whatever tool you use that you really have no business being involved with. Absolutely. hundred percent on that. What's yours. So, so mine is at the end of the day, pad to paper, spend five minutes and write out all the things that went well and all the things that you'd like to do differently. So the, the reason I do both is that entrepreneurs will, will generally always think about all the things they haven't done yet, all the things yes. that are still to come, all the things you didn't accomplish today, because you yeah. always have 
so much more, so much more. And it it is a never ending to-do list and you throw it all on the same, the the list for the day. And and then you feel as to your point that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. So you, and you use that in some back ass words way to, to motivate you, but it's, it's demotivating, not, it doesn't actually give you that lit up life feeling. So the first thing is write down all the things that went well. Now, when you're in the headspace of, I didn't do blah, 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 so blah, and blah, so. yes. and, and you're feeling bad about it, that's a challenging thing. And most people blow it off. But if you're committed to this practice that changes your life, and if you force yourself, and this is a place where I would suggest you do force yourself, like really look, because you probably 20, 30, 40, 50 things probably went really well today yeah. that you're just glossing over because you're assuming you didn't do the three. Yes. Right. You're assuming that that, uh, well, either you didn't do the three or you're assuming that that, that was insignificant, but you really did have a great conversation with so-and-so and you did move the needle over here. So first you articulate all the things and you're like, oh, wow, that was quite a lot. And then you articulate the things that didn't go as planned, what you want, all of that. And, and instead of just making it be your screw up because you didn't do that, right? Which is where that open loop, if you don't attend to it, tends to, yes. to go. Yes. Then if you, if you take, you know, two minutes in this process to say, what would you do differently the, the next time the situation comes up? I would actually reschedule this because there was no way that I could fit that in today, right? So when so-and-so does X, Y, and Z, I need to say PDQ instead Instead of ABC. ABC. Yeah. And you just give your subconscious mind a reprogram, a little nugget to be like, here, this is where we're going. It works wonders. And you end up feeling complete with your day. There's so many other things, but that's, 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 that's one that I just, um, love and 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 I'll share the name of it that I I labeled way back when when I created this for myself I call it soap for the soul because it's like it cleanses you at the end of the day like you really need that just like that's beautiful I can really see where someone would go home and you know that really would wrap up in a way that wouldn't have this kind of open loop you were speaking of. And I, I'll tell you what I have on my list for tonight. I really love this conversation. It was a good <laughs> that, conversation. So I will go on my list of what I've loved today. Yes. Me Thank too. You. I love that. Okay. Before we wrap up, I have a few more questions for you, but I want to have you share with our listeners where they can find more information about you and the productivity work that you do and how you help sort of the high achievers be more efficient and effective both. Um, you know, usual, usual suspects. I'm online. I'm on Instagram, my name, you can follow all sorts of things. The, the website has a quiz, which I really highly recommend a lot of work went into it. It's not one of those, Hey, if you wake up in the morning and you know what you're doing, you're really productive. If you don't, you know, you suck. It's not that it's really deeply understanding the archetypes and how we relate to what we have to do and to try to understand how to accompany ourselves differently. So do, do the quiz. It's a beautiful, it's a free few minutes, you know, really cool little piece to understand your own inner garden. So I would definitely do that. But you, you can find me everywhere. People. Okay. Will, and, yeah. and the website is becurrent.com. Is that correct? It's becurrenttoday. Becurrenttoday.com. Okay, great. Becurrenttoday.com. And I'm going to go do the quiz. Maybe not right now because I have another 
appointment, but I will go check that out myself and I encourage you all to do that. So my final uh, couple of questions for you in, in rapid order here. Mm -hmm. What do you love most about yourself? I thought that would be a good one since we've been talking about all this inner game growth. What do you love most about yourself? My kindness, you know, my ability to be of service, my deep desire to help people is probably my favorite trait of my character. Mm, I love that. I love that. And what makes you an unstoppable woman? Oh, what a, what a provocative question. My resilience, my grit, you know, my, I am unstoppable. And I, if something stops me, I take the time to deconstruct it. And if it's something I really want, I don't let it stop me. So I think it's a matter of trusting that I, that I can get to the other side of whatever that is and, 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 and endurance. It takes time. It takes time to get to the other side of things. So a little bit of all those things. I love that. I love that. I can really see that level of persistence in, in, in the stories that you shared about um, thank your, you. your yeah. path and your journey. And, and I just want to reflect, thank you so much for, for being here, sharing your story, sharing the thought process, both the, the intellectual, like how you've thought about it after the fact, but also how you thought about it in the moment and mm -hmm. the, the growth that had to happen there and being so transparent about that. I think it's, it's incredibly powerful for other women to, to hear that you can be both wise and strong and confident and capable and run a business that, you know, has, you know, investors and all of that, right. And be someone who has a soft underbelly that, mm -hmm. that needs tending and love and attention and, and that we're, we're, that multifaceted and to be able to, to hold all of that and to express mm. all of that is really quite powerful. And oh, thank I love you so you much. Said that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Well, everyone, that's a wrap. I'm Amira Alvarez. I'm the founder and CEO of the unstoppable woman. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a loyal listener. Please subscribe. Please share this episode with your friends and family, and I will catch you in the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. We have got a ton of free resources for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And you can find that link in the description below. So go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting our message out to more and more women. If you'd be willing to share this video with all the unstoppable women in your life, that would be fantastic. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Reviews, likes, and comments are greatly appreciated. We go in and read them all. So thank you for those. And thanks for listening and be unstoppable. <laughs>